and welcome to Style Not Fashion with me, Talia. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys so, so much for all of the love and support. I can tell by my analytics that my audience has been expanding, which has been very, very sweet and very special for me to hear about and open up the app and just see that it's been growing. Um, so very happy about that. And also I wanted to point out that we have a growing audience in Australia. So hello, Australia. I've never been to Australia, um, but I've always wanted to go there. Your, I love your style. Your style is beautiful. Um, so welcome Aussies to the podcast. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. It's, um, you make up, um, out of all of the international, uh, listeners, we have Aussies make up the largest amount. So that's incredible. I think that that is so cool. I listen to one Australian podcast. I think it is called, What Are You Wearing? And it is with Denny, let me see if I pronounce this right, Todorovic and Tamara Davis. And it is kind of a similar podcast. Um, but I would say in like not necessarily, it's, it's not making a statement about, you know, using your existing wardrobe to express yourself. It's more of just like current, short, to the point, fashion news, topics, interesting things, all that. And it's by um, Mamma Mia Podcast. So um, if you haven't listened to that, that's a great wreck. And I love their accents. Um, so anyways, back to this episode. This episode is all about unexpected learning from the fashion industry. So a little bit about me is that I went to college for business. I studied marketing and I have done a lot with marketing analytics and I had a marketing analytics internship and I just, as I was applying for jobs coming out of college, I realized one thing in common with all of the marketing jobs I was applying to. I only wanted to work in marketing jobs that were at nationally known uh, clothing retailers and or in the fashion industry. Those are the only jobs that I had interest in. So I said to myself, well, why don't I just try to infiltrate the fashion industry instead? And, and this is kind of a long-standing interest that I've had but I just, coming out of high school, I didn't want to go to um, fashion school. I think I, I wanted a, a business degree for myself, just for the flexibility of it. Um, but anyways, so I ended up getting a fashion job, um, working in a department called Sourcing. If you haven't listened to my very first episode, I suggest you do, because it's just a little bit more like maybe background about me. Um, I won't disclose where I work, but um, I work at a nationally known retailer, American clothing retailer um, in 
both non-apparel and apparel, so accessories and footwear and all that and, um, you know, clothing. So anyways, I am someone who didn't come from the fashion world and I networked and was fortunate enough to land a job in the fashion industry. However, because I didn't come from that world, a lot of things were new to me that are completely just everyday common practice. Everyone at my work is used to them, you know, like someone who had a fashion degree coming into work would not be surprised about these things. Um, And so these are all things that I think the average consumer, my audience, someone who is interested in fashion, but maybe doesn't work in fashion, but is very interested in it, would be curious and excited to learn about and something that maybe you've never thought about before. And so I'm coming to you telling you what I've been I guess, surprised about. And I want to preface this with, this is in no way anything proprietary to my company. I want to specify that right now. Please know that this episode does not contain any intellectual property whatsoever, any kind of patents, any kind of knowledge that would be specific to a company. This is all common fashion industry knowledge for someone who has a career in the fashion industry. However, it's it's interesting because the average consumer maybe doesn't know about that. But anyways, I want to emphasize, emphasize, emphasize the fact that this is an honest viewpoint but it does not is not anything proprietary in the least you know every everything i'm talking about every single fashion company has every single clothing retailer manufacturer developer whatever you want has but has surprised me coming from a business background and just the background of an average consumer so i hope sincerely that you enjoy and without ado Let's get started. So the first item on my agenda here to talk about is just the fact that like the sheer amount of research and development that goes into the color of something. There is a color team and there are all these colors that I've just never heard. And I just... One that I've never even heard before that are like industry, like standard things. Like, and the fact that there is just so much research going into whatever color is selected for production. Um, there's a whole color team, there are light boxes, and this is a room in the office it's completely standard practice where it's dark and you have these machines that simulate the light in not only the external environment but the very specific internal environment in the stores 
the store, everyone involved in the store, in that area of things, knows, you know, what the, like, what hue of lighting there is, how strong the lighting is, where the lighting is in the store, and what sections of the store have certain lighting versus not. It's ridiculous, the thought that goes into this for any store. To me, coming in, I just did not realize how many processes there are going into the color of something. So basically, you would, you know, get the product or get the color and you go under the light box, you bring it to the light box and you simulate what it looks like under natural light, artificial light. I honestly, I have yet to figure this out. I have never been, I have never even used one, but um, it's just so ridiculously interesting to me because you have to, the color of things, you know, it all is going to come out differently. This, say you make it in like a hunter green, like the color is going to look just differently for like a matching set, for example. And the matching set like sits together. And what if you produce the t-shirt, say it's a shirt and some joggers. What if you produce the t-shirt in India and you produce the pants in China? And you get them together and what if they, they all have to look cohesive on the rack. But you could have two different things coming from two different companies, parts of the world. And you've, they've got to sit together nicely on the rack together. Again, this is generalized information. This is not proprietary. Every company does this. I just think it is so interesting. Just, I never even thought about that when seeing like a set at a store or seeing even just like (sighs) making sure all if you have like a collection that like sits together that's in like complementary colors you just you have to look under a light box to see how it's going to match up together like you just you won't know because all of those different products are coming from different parts of the country I'm sorry different parts of the world And, like, how do you know that they work together? You really don't. And also, it is just so, it's so interesting that companies take that into account where you want to be standard in the color that appears, you know, under artificial light and external. And, sorry, natural light. That they want to be honest and making sure that those two like that that they are um complementary that they are still the same color they give the same aesthetic so um yeah enough about that but color color is just so so important and it's so interesting and just i feel like the average consumer just has no clue what like how much i'm going to say this a million times throughout this episode like drink every time <laughs> Let's play a drinking game every time I say that the average consumer doesn't know anything of like how much stuff goes into just one simple thing. Drink every time I say that. Okay. All right. 
second thing on my agenda here to talk about the fact that everything is just made everything is thought about a year in advance everything we work on is always just a year in advance you know we think about clothes everything i'm like working on right now is for 2023 um you know and that's just that's just how it works i was just surprised like 2022 i mean we've been done with that like for months you know this is just how it is it's just worked it works ahead and maybe that's not surprising to you maybe that's just something that i just haven't picked up on but all right next item on the agenda just the sheer amount of testing and wear testing that a product goes through and you want your i've talked about this before in very early episodes months ago listen if you're buying from a reputable source if you are buying from like you know like middle market not low end but not high end your stuff has been tested my friend you know has been tested by people overseas in the factory to wear tested like they wear it for like eight hours on end or something and then it's been tested here in the states you know i've been fortunate enough to wear some items and and test them out and they come back and they've got to fix every just everything is thought about just you know they wash it and they bring bring it back to you and they see how it's changed after washing it in a you know standardized washing machine how the average consumer you know washes it and also I want to mention here this kind of goes hand in hand again if you were buying a middle market piece I'm not talking about Shein because clearly Shein and Zara my friend Zara oh I want to talk about Zara for a sec I bought a dress my head couldn't even fit through the hole my head I don't I don't even have a big head like really you're gonna make a dress put it on the market and everything and you didn't even test with someone just even just putting it over their head like are you serious so sorry anyways the testing that middle market brands do is substantial and the question in the comments online they pay attention to those they really really pay attention to those they live and breathe by those comments especially if it is a newer style if it is a new quality that they haven't worked with if it's a new factory whatever this is like so imperative and it's honestly very um as a consumer um very good to know that really the company cares about what you have to say really i mean they really take into account what you have to say if you if there is a if they have comments underneath you know the product on the website you betcha there is someone reading those and then there is someone in quality in QA compliance that is going back and talking to their manager about what you said. Think about that. I mean, really, your comments 
matter so much so so much and that is something as a consumer had no idea that anyone was doing i mean definitely not a brand like the zara doesn't have time to do that at all like i'm i'm sorry i'm going to use zara a lot in this but like you know middle to upper middle level brands um this is this is what they listen to this is what this is what they live and breathe by really and that really really surprised me really coming in i did not expect to hear people just talk about the comments online on something oh this elastic was uncomfortable on my waist this you know um uh crocked on something crocking is um an industry term for like the color is rubbing off on something you know that you put it you wash it with something else and it ran on something it ruined whatever it ruined my couch like (laughs) all these comments so wow I was very impressed with that all right moving through these a little bit more having a fit model in house this is this was crazy you know I walk in and lo and behold there's a lady in the bathrobe and she's walking around all day and she is trying on everything that people need her to try on. And that is her job. And this is completely normal <laughs> to have a fit model. And I did not know that. Had no clue. No clue. No clue. Having a mock store in-house. I mean, if you're a larger brand that has a store presence, yeah, you're going to have a mock store, obviously. Like, I interviewed at, um, for some reason, I interviewed at Staples. I think it was for an internship. It was for a marketing internship. I was very young. I was a sophomore, and um, I went into their their headquarters in Framingham, and e- even they had um, they had a mock store and everything. I think that, that that is just so cool. It's so, so cool and so important because it just keeps you, it keeps you alive seeing, like, what it's gonna look like what all your work is is eventually going to be presented as especially maybe if you don't have a store that is near you or it's not a place that you shop regularly um so okay sorry about that i had a little tea break tea break um i needed i realized through filming this that recording this that um I was missing my tea, so it is 7.13 right now on a Sunday night, and I just made sleepy time tea, which is, I don't even know what is in this, but, um, and the tag on it, if you drink yogi tea, which I don't really even drink yogi tea, but, um, the tag, like, gives you something to read, and, uh, take with you and it says prosperity is within us so thank you (laughs) so I hope you have your tea too now but anyways um I was talking about the um stores but yeah to sum that up it's really great if um it just gives you inspiration you know you walk over there you see how it's being presented. It gives you a strong visual. It's very helpful. So my next point 
is just about the lingo. <laughs> um, a lot of the times I'll hear, she's a cotton viscose this. She's a, she's a jean. She's a jegging. Like, the pronoun <laughs> usage was a little bit of a shock to me. Everything seems to be uh, brought to life to have a personality. And I think it's true that maybe we need that because it brings the product alive. We're working on it for so long. That is what we work on 40 hours a week <laughs> or more. So I guess it's, it's meant to be brought to life. But I think the best term that I've ever heard coming out of this, I was at a conference and I learned the term meggings. Male leggings. Leggings for men. You're welcome. I hope you use that. My next point is about the outgoing trunks that you can find at any fashion company that has photo shoots on a regular basis. Okay, this actually kind of irks me. A little bit because every time I go near this region of the office I'm like damn those trunks are much more well-traveled than I will ever be they're going to the Maldives they're going to Greece they're going to Spain and all of these beaches and beautiful places in this world Iceland like that is their life. And every time, like, I'll see them outgoing. I'll see, you know, FedEx or whoever picked them up or someone, you know, break, start bringing them in. And, you know, I think it's common to get jealous of the trunks, you know. I, I see them every day and I think to myself, what if I just, like, crawled in there? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> What if I just <laughs> put myself in one of those? Because they're huge and I could fit in there pretty easily. I'm 5'3 and I, I think I could do it. I mean, the, the trunks are honestly almost as big as me. They're like, literally, I, I honestly don't even have another word to describe them. They're perfectly described as trunks, like Titanic-esque black with like all these straps and I mean they roll but like they're huge and they weigh a lot so anyways the outgoing trunks having being better traveled than I will ever be in my life is humbling <laughs> going along with that my next point is about the archives I before going into the fashion industry. I really never thought about the archival work that goes into maintaining a company. You know, you need to reference something from multiple seasons ago for 
whatever reason, you know, it's got a comment online about it. It's got, um, you want to do something, you want to bring it back from five years ago and tweak a little thing with it. Um, the sheer amount of archival work necessary for that, even for a pretty middle market, slower than Zara moving brand is very sophisticated. Um, I mean, racks and racks and racks and racks and racks, ridiculous, ridiculous amount. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole different department entirely. And you need dedicated people to work that, you know, um, it was overwhelming at first just seeing the archives but all in all I thought it was super interesting because again this is something I never thought about never ever thought about that as a just consumer I still am like I'm I'm your average consumer again um but yeah okay so my last point is a big big one which is a huge part of my job. It's the fact that um, compliance and what we bring into the United States, we as in all fashion companies, the United States of America knows every little detail that is coming in from overseas. I'm telling you, this was the most shocking thing of all and that is why I'm sharing it with you last because people think, I think people don't, people have the impression that America just willy-nilly sources things overseas and just has them arrive here somehow. Uh Uh-uh. No. Even if there was a shell, I'm not saying we because this this is just any fashion company. Like, if there's a shell that is being used somewhere on the garment, even the little shells that you don't even notice, do you even notice that the the button on your pajama button-down top is was once a part of a shell, part of the natural ocean ecosystem of, I don't know, Vietnam? Do, do you know that? No. I don't even know if it passes through your mind that there are even buttons on your shirt. Like, honestly. Or even that there could be synthetic versus natural fiber buttons like who thinks about that like we need to know sorry america needs to know how many buttons there are where did you get those buttons and it needs to be reported to fish and wildlife and that's what makes me honestly smile because it's so so interesting i'm sorry i'm kind of like a nerd with this stuff but we have a system called the harmonized tariff schedule again 
no clue as a marketing major that this like had no clue and maybe you can call me uh ignorant for that however this is kind of my life and has to do with the majority of like what I do but anyways you know reporting what the soul is made out of if it's leather it has to go into the system and you have to pay the country a certain duty and you know if there's a shoe and it has a natural shell on it and you know you need to know okay well there's four shells across the top of the toe strap and there are seven shells along the ankle strap and it is a shoe for women not for athletic purposes it's for aesthetic purposes and I'm making this up right now the leather is true it's real on the upper and it is a faux leather on the bottom so it would be HTS code 6403 dot nine nine dot nine zero six five like you need you need to know like I it just blew my mind how descriptive everything needed to be you know they need to know what if what it's made out of they want to know down to the fact that something has pockets below the waist something has buttons on the top and they need to know if the buttons are there for aesthetic purposes or are they there for functional purposes and that would change the amount of duty that you pay to the government based on whether or not it's going to bring a functional closure if it has a drawstring if it's got you know they need to know like okay well it's got aglets on the um on the uh tie you know the aglet like aglet really like so there are just so many things that I had never thought about. And I think that is just so, it's really, it's um, very, very interesting to see how much work goes into getting a product here and simply telling the government what it is. Simply telling the government, hey, this is what it is and we paid the government this much in X country this much. Like, I think that that is really all I can say about it without getting too into it. Just know that the United States has a plethora of information on every single thing, every single little thing that they need to know about down to the gauge and the weft and the warp and you know it's it amazes me every day really what um just how much is really behind the scenes um so I could talk about this like for hours I think I've talked about this in earlier episodes too um the HCS code but (laughs) so Anyways, the point I think I'm trying to make is that I think the average consumer has no idea how long it takes to make something, how much planning is involved, how much wear testing and color theory and visual merchandising and lighting and government 
duty paid and like all of these things it's not just what goes into the construction of the garment it's just an overwhelming amount of information and that is for every single piece that is brought into this country so I don't know it really it really blew my mind so all right so that was my last point I still have a full cup of tea with me so I I was pretty talkative I was pretty talkative I did not stop to have a tea break um to sum up uh to to leave off I'll leave you off on a, a thrifting note here I went to the Goodwill yesterday because the Goodwill gods did indeed tell me to go there for their nine o'clock opening yesterday I found a vintage cotton maxi skirt that is beautiful it is peach colored and it's something I've been looking for all summer then I found a paisley um, printed pink skirt that is also maxi and it's kind of like an elastic waist but not like ugly ruche like elastic like really thin elastic like think like it honestly looks like something um bella from twilight would wear in forks and uh uh and it's like from american eagle like that that kind of like like 2007 like 2006 like vibe of like a maxi skirt um and then which what i'm wearing right now is an extra small youth children's white t-shirt uh i will let you i will let you think about that one i mean only me only me would i go would i say okay well i need a crop top i'm gonna go to the kids section and I'm going to pick up an extra small youth and expect it to fit me. I am not. I am, like, by no means, like, an extremely petite person. Like, but. So, anyways, that's your little thrift haul of the week. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about the fashion industry. And I hope that I've passed something interesting on to you that will stay with you and that leads you to have leads you to have conversations elsewhere and think about and maybe inspire you or maybe you're looking for a job in the fashion industry and this is extremely helpful and interesting to you I don't know but uh I really sincerely hope you enjoyed this I've really enjoyed talking about it this episode has been long awaited I've put it off for a while because I felt that it was too proprietary. There's a lot, there's a lot that I really would like to say on here. However, I'm unsure if it's IP, so better safe than sorry, right? But um, anyways, I really had fun talking about this. I hope you had, I hope you're having an excellent Wednesday. Happy drop day, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you very much.